This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. Would you believe, though, that we are now covering, or going to cover this morning, as Ken's just read for us, the 18th miracle of Jesus? Remember, we were doing them chronologically. I know it's a big word. I know you're impressed. What can I say? Anyway, we're doing them chronologically, and we're at number 18. We haven't covered 18 weeks, though. We've been hit and miss. So I've picked a few out, and we've taken ourselves into those stories and tried to put ourselves into the picture. And we've heard some amazing things so far. And today, I have to say, does not disappoint. This is a miracle which is covered in all four of the Gospels. Only one other miracle is covered in all four. If you were listening to Alistair's quiz a few weeks ago, you'll know full well that it's the guy who had his ear chopped off in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's the only other one that's covered in all four. I know, amazing. Anyway, I can see you're all so impressed. (laughs) But um, I, I didn't want you this morning, because you've heard this story, I, I would imagine a lot of times, yeah? I won't have a raise of hands of those who've heard the story of the feeding of the 5,000. What would be more appropriate is those that haven't. Because I would imagine that all of us in here have heard about this story and maybe heard it over and over and over again in churches because it is a fantastic story and it's an incredible miracle. And I didn't this morning want to sort of follow the crowd, as it were, But rather, what I thought this morning is how the crowd reacts in this story is something that I believe this morning that we can learn from. How the crowd reacts is something that maybe that we can learn from. And it's something that I hadn't seen before or maybe paid attention to because you're focused on all that's going on. So let's try and unlock the story. Let's try and put ourselves in the picture. Stick your, uh, see that? Seat belted and everything. Safety first, kids, okay? Thank you, Nita. Nobody else is listening. But anyway, Matthew here puts us right in the middle of an extreme situation. If you just start off as we've done in verse 13, when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. If you just read that, you just carry on with the story. But actually, what has just happened is his cousin, John, John the baptizer, not John the Baptist, it didn't denote his... uh, his uh, stance, <laughs> his denomination, no. Hmm. I feel like you're almost there. I, I, I am not moving on, all right? Unless there's at least some kind of interaction. It's very sad, come on. It's almost March, I know. The daffodils are up. My birthday tomorrow. Thought I'd squeeze it in. I shall be 25 tomorrow. Time really does fly. Judith, please don't shake your head. <laughs> All right, 34, ouch. All right, 34 tomorrow. But, you know, anyway, back in the story, now I feel like I've got you. John the Baptist was indeed Jesus' cousin, and they were friends. John, if you remember, was preparing the way for the coming Messiah. He prepared the way for Jesus. He actually baptised Jesus, even though he knew he was unworthy to do such a thing. That's what had to happen. And John baptised Jesus. 
Jesus and John were obviously not just cousins, but friends. They were close. And John, after a short imprisonment, has now been beheaded. His ministry, his time on planet Earth is done. It was time for him to go home. And the Lord called him home. And John there is now history as we read it. But in this moment, we are in a part of what you can only begin to scratch the surface of when you've experienced sorrow in your own life. Because when you understand the heartache and the pain that would be in this situation, let's read the verse again. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew. He withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. He needed a moment. And when you start to realize that that's happened, you start to see that he would need a moment. Remember, every part God, but every part man. This is the Messiah. This is Jesus Christ. He would be hurting and sad and upset because flesh gets upset and flesh cries. And flesh is sad and it's sorrowful when things like this happen. But what amazes me is what comes next. Because when Jesus, it says, landed, he he didn't take EasyJet. This was the boat, remember? (laughs) Well, I've been working on that for weeks. It didn't go as well as I'd hoped. Anyway, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, it says he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Remember, put yourself in the story. Jesus hurt him. He needs just time alone. He needs some quiet. But the crowd, so enthused by all that's going on, so amazed by all that Jesus is doing, what they want to do is just go everywhere that he is going. So they don't just sit and linger. They, in fact, follow him and they get round to the other side, almost beating him there, as it seems. And all of a sudden, it puts us in a position now where you can see that Jesus has a decision to make. Because what Jesus could have done is said, look, no, I need a moment. My heart's broken. You know, this is hard. But he doesn't do that. He says, seeing the crowd, he had compassion on them. And he healed their sick. Jesus wastes no time. He has compassion on the crowd around him. And in the middle of his own sorrow and grief, Jesus puts others first. My mind is blown. How hard is that? Now, please, let's not, and don't think I've forgotten that Jesus, God's own son, God in flesh, doesn't know the bigger picture. But please remember his humanity. And don't just sweep it to one side. But of course, now in this position, as Jesus has gone off to this solitary place and the crowd have worked their way around there, now they're in this position, they're in a remote area, in the middle of nowhere, it would seem. And it's getting late. And it's dinner time. You can see then that in the Gospels, as you just unlock this story, Philip raises the issue about the fact that there are a lot of people 
and there is nowhere to get any food. Philip is a man after my own heart. He was getting to the point where hungry was going to be an issue. But Jesus sort of says to him, what are you going to do? Philip's like, whoa, listen, I've asked you, so. And Jesus says, what are you going to do? And perplexed, I guess, Philip says, I, I don't have, we, we don't have, we haven't got enough money, we haven't got enough food. There are no shops. There's nowhere to go. It almost sounds like my four-year-old. There's nothing I want to do. I can't do anything. How am I possibly going to help or to do anything to feed this lot? And Jesus says, what do you have? Jesus says, what do you have? And this morning he says the same thing to you. What do you have? Because often we go to God and I say, look, Lord, I can't possibly do this. It's beyond me. There's no possible way that I can get through this next hour, this next week. It's just not possible. I haven't got the resources. I haven't got the time. I haven't got the energy. Lord, I just don't know what to do. And he says, Matt, what do you have? And I pray that my answer is the same as yours. Just a little bit of faith. I mean, just a little bit of faith. Lord, not a lot, but I've got a little bit of faith. And Andrew goes and he finds a lad with five loaves and two fish. He is one hungry boy. You ever thought about that? That's a lot of food for a nipper. Seriously. Five loaves and two fish. And although that's a lot of food for a little guy, it is nowhere near enough to feed somewhere in the region of twelve to 15,000 people. That's a lot of people. And now you think, well, that's not a lot of food. Jesus then seats the crowd as we read in verse 18 and 19 of Matthew chapter 14. And taking the lad's lunch, in sight of everybody, everybody, all of those that are now sitting down in groups of fifties and maybe hundreds, they take their seats and Jesus takes hold of the bread. He looks up to heaven. He prays. He gives thanks, gives thanks for the food, and he breaks it, and he breaks it, and he breaks it, and he keeps breaking it, and it keeps breaking, and it keeps filling baskets that they've now bought along, because all of a sudden there's so much food that we can't handle the amount of food that we've got. And he keeps filling the baskets. And as he does that, he passes it to the disciples. And the disciples, sort of like you would, go, oh, okay. I'll just go feed these people over here. Here's a basket full of food. And then they go to the next 50, and the next 50, and the next 50. Until the Bible tells us in verse 20 that they were all satisfied. I don't know about you. I need a lot of gluten-free bread. But I don't know about you, but I'd need quite a bit of bread. And quite a few fish to be satisfied. 
I mean, anybody had a McDonald's? Literally, three minutes later, you're starving, aren't you? <laughs> that's just me, isn't it? Wow, okay. But, but you, there's a lot of food, a lot of people, and the Bible tells us even something more amazing, that there are 12 basketfuls left over. That is a lot of food for a lot of people. Now, there's maybe a reason why there are 12 basketfuls, and I'm sure you've got your own um, theology, but uh, I guess as we could look at that in its simplest terms, it was to show the disciples that not to have a lack of faith, but that God will provide the need above and beyond anything more that we can ever think or imagine. You know the verse? That God is in control so much that 12 basketfuls remain. Over 12,000 people are fed. And what a magnificent miracle. Meeting very basic human need. If you know Maslow's hierarchy of needs, those that have been through any kind of teacher training, it's a basic need. Food, love. They're right down there that build the whole pyramid. And Jesus meets that need. He has compassion. He shows compassion and love to those around him, even in his own time of need. And he supplies to them food to eat. I mean, if we were just going to take the miracle this morning, I'd have said that the disciples panicked and they didn't have enough. They were worried about the pennies that they perhaps got in their pockets they were worried about how they were possibly going to feed these people around them. And they would have deemed it, I guess, all too much. Instead, Jesus pushed them to be practical. Anybody in here practical? Often in our lives, we can think we're quite hands-on people. I like to be practical. But the truth is, if you're anything like me, that when it really begins to, you know, when, when the grind sets in and it's difficult, I sort of get to a point where my wife has to tell me, Matt, make a list because you're doing nothing. Anybody else like that? I can be doing a million things, but I'm achieving nothing. Make a list. I love a list. But in the mayhem, I forget the list. You're not ticking anything off. You're not achieving anything. Jesus pushed them to be practical. Listen, gentlemen. Take a step. He says to us this morning, all of us, step. Just take a step. Step out. Step up. And what happened? They were made to look foolish as five loaves and two fish were brought. And that's how the story ends. No. No. Because of their faith, they stepped up, they stepped out, they got everything that they had. And this poor lad's like, my mum, give me that. And they, they come to Jesus, and what does Jesus do? He does the rest. He does the rest. I can't feed 5,000 people. You're right. Bring what you do have. Bring what you do have. And in that moment, God will do the rest. That's what I would have preached on. But that's not for us this morning. This is. Remember the crowd. And that's who we're looking at. News will have filtered through about John the Baptist. Don't think that the crowd run aware of the situation because they would have been. 
John was a high-profile figure and had been for a number of years leading up to this moment. He had been doing what the Lord had called him to do. He'd been preparing the way for the coming Messiah. And there would have been many, I would imagine, in that crowd, and I'm only speculating, but there would have been many in that crowd that probably would have been baptized by John. And they would have heard this sad news. And it's their reaction that does it for me. Because their reaction isn't, that's terrible. Let's go home. Their reaction is in this moment where, yes, we know Jesus is going to be grieving. But where is the best place for us? In the arms of our Savior. Amen? The best place for us is to be with Jesus. And in this moment, when they could have done so many other things, it was getting late. It was a long way to go. We couldn't go across the lake. we got to go around the lake. But it's worth the effort. Why? Because Jesus is there. It's worth the effort because Jesus is there. And in their moment of sadness and confusion, they know full well where they have to be. You know, church, at all times, and listen, at all times, happy, sad, hard, easy times, whatever, what does the Word of God tell us to do? Trust and seek Him. Seek Him. The Bible tells us, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Oh, if only we took that for what it meant. If only we grasped that to its fullest measure. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. And the question for us this morning is what are we doing? Are we seeking Jesus? We're not delaying. We're not pondering, procrastinating. One of my favorite things to do. Oi, 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 I can sit for hours. What are we doing? We need to run after him. And the question to us this morning is, what are we doing? Are we looking for a helper? Are we looking for comfort? Are we drowning in sorrow? Are we overcome by the circumstances that are facing us right now? Are we lost in turmoil and heartache? Are we looking for answers? Are we seeking guidance? Then my question is this, and and I would imagine that encompasses everybody. And if not, you're not thinking hard enough. What are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? Because church, the Bible continually tells us over and over and over again, there is an action. You have to step. But Lord, I don't know. I can't. What do you have? Just a little bit of faith, then jump. Just a little bit of faith, then step. Don't hold back. Don't wait. Don't think about what could possibly go wrong. Just know that God's got it. When you read this story in Luke, it tells us that right at the beginning, Jesus knew what he was going to do. Incredible. I didn't give you that because you'd have known the end of the story before I got there. But Jesus knew exactly what he was going to do right at the beginning of the story. 
But he needed Philip and Andrew and the other disciples to know that they needed to operate in this little small thing called faith. And I hear you say, what do I expect when I get there? Lord, I've stepped. I can barely breathe, but I've stepped. Verse 14 says Jesus had compassion in them. And what did he do? He met their needs. He, he met their needs. What did Jesus do? He met their needs. This, this morning, is a miracle of faith. Faith from the crowd that Jesus was the place to be. Wherever he was, we had to go. Wherever Jesus is, that's where I need to be. Church, that's faith, eh? That's us. Wherever he is, I need to be. Wherever, wherever he is, you need to be. We need to continually seek his face. But also it was faith from the disciples that what they're little to offer, what it was, was enough. Lord, I don't feel like I can. Just step. Just step. But I don't feel like I'm able. Please just step. And expect that God will do the rest. He will do the rest. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He loves you enough to give his best and that's Jesus Christ. Do you think he's not got it? Do we think he's not got it? Oh, he's got it. But it's faith too that God has got it. That God has got it all in hand. And all we have to do, the Bible tells us, is seek him. I trust you, I don't 
Make me your vessel. Make me. 
This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.